The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to another amazing episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, and what have you. And tonight, we've got the Bruce himself here to join me. Hello, 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 everyone. You may know the Bruce from our GY precap every week, letting you know what's about to happen. Yeah, it's good to have a job where, wait, job? No, no. <laughs> that implies we make money at this. <laughs> we make money. Do- no, we do not. I've been doing podcasts for like 12 years. I haven't earned a cent. <laughs> but uh, you are coming to us from the future uh, to, yes. to discuss a uh, remake, reimagining, what have you, of a uh, 80s flick that was an idea that you came up with. Now, neither one of us had seen this film in a while. Yeah, it had been a while since we saw this film. Um, I. It, just something popped up online. I was like, oh, yeah, that film. Let me see about this. Let me let me go back and rewatch it and see if we can we can reimagine this one. And I think this was a perfect choice for like post Halloween because it is thematically kind of spooky with the vampire storyline a little bit. But it's not a it's not a horror movie. There is nothing oh, scary no. about this whatsoever. There's absolutely nothing horror about this movie. Uh, this is um, the movie where if you've seen the title of this episode, you already know what we're talking about. <laughs> the, the episode is about once bitten. Uh, this is a 1985 movie store in Lauren Hutton and Jim Carrey. It's actually his first lead film mm-hmm. in in America. He had two Canadian films before this. So it's his first Hollywood major motion picture. Well, it's his first leading because he did have a small role in some other Hollywood film, but it was just a small role. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't much at all. But yeah, this is his first Jim Carrey joint, you know? Yes. So Before it was a Jim Carrey thing. Exactly. Uh, he, he wasn't anything back at this time. I don't think he even done Duck Soup at this time. No, I don't believe so. So this is very early, at the very beginnings of his career. Yeah. And but as, as you watch the film, you can still see some of the things he does today in this movie. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. He's been doing that for 30 years. Oh, but it's still so much more muted than some of his later stuff, Ace Ventura and, and the rest, where you can see there's elements of it, for sure, especially when yes. he starts to do like a little impression of De Niro, I think, at one point. And yes. you get just like that little glimmer of rubber-faced Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, but mm-hmm. it's so much more mellow than you are used to seeing him. It's like Jim Carrey got turned dialed down to about a 
five or a six right? versus like a 10 or an 11 where he's uh, in Ace Ventura in the mask. Right. Yeah. And I do want to say that because we had a little bit of a challenge, like tracking down this movie to do this episode. Um, if you are not familiar with Once Bitten, it is worth a watch. It's a fun movie. It's not balls out bonkers Jim Carrey level, but it is actually interesting to see him in a very early role, like if the uh, young role of uh, Jim Carrey. But also if you can't track it down, and you still want to listen to the episode. The, there's not a lot of what a twist moments in this plot. You know, it's, this is no, no. the, the story that we're going to tell you. You could pretty much from the setup of what this movie is about. You could probably guess the beats. Yeah. This is the typical mid eighties sex comedy. Exactly. Yeah, and there were tons of them back then. This one just happened to be have Jim Carrey and Lauren Hutton and and be a little bit different. Well, like and actually be decent. Tom Hanks had Bachelor Party and Jim Carrey yeah. had uh had one spitten. Yeah. So pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So uh for this movie, one thing that we discussed before going on uh air is that there are definitely some things in this film that didn't <laughs> age very well. Oh no, this like again, this movie's made in 1985. There are parts and language and concepts that would not fly nowadays. Like the actual plot um <laughs> <laughs> that it starts out where Jim Car- Car- Jim Carrey is trying to get laid by his girlfriend uh R- mm-hmm. Robin and yeah. she's just not quite ready yet. She wants to. It's not even like a I'm religious thing. She wants to, but she just doesn't feel ready yet. Yeah. Which yeah. It, it, and it's, it's all the pressure that he's putting her on, uh, putting her under to, 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 to finally go through with this because his virginity happens to be the one thing he needs to get rid of. Right. For some reason. Yeah. And so he decides to, since she's not putting out, he's going to go into the city with a couple of his buddies and fuck yeah. a stranger. So, yeah. Yeah, because that's what you wanted to do in the early '80s. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, in then Hollywood. Of course, the stranger that he that gets attracted is this vampire because he's a virgin, and apparently in this movie, like vampires need virgin blood occasionally or well, something. The female ones. The female, the female ones, ones yeah. need the blood of a virgin three times before uh, All Hallows Eve, um, so he, she can retain her beauty. Right. Right. Okay. That's that's a new part of the vampire mythos I was not aware of, but it's good. <laughs> It's good that, you know, Jim Carrey cares so much about our knowledge base when it comes to the vampire that uh, yes. he's willing to put these films out so we have a better understanding. Yes, yes. So there, therein lies, <laughs> it's, it's you know, weird science, bachelor party, you know, it's, it well, actually probably yeah. more weird science where it's like virgins trying to get laid. Yes, yeah. So instead of creating a woman with their computer, they just happen to go to West Hollywood and go to a bar where you could pick up people via the telephone, which, yeah, oh my God, that was hilarious. Like a, a true singles bar where there's like telephones at the tables that you could call other tables. And yes, it's this was a thing, too. This was actually was a concept that actually happened back in the 80s. You know, wow. before Tinder and everything like that. You just <laughs> swipe on your own phone. You actually had to go somewhere. You have and to pick yell into the receiver, swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> you keep hitting the six key and nothing's right? happening. <laughs> I'm sorry you're breaking up. They're watching you from their table make up yes. the static noises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> idea. So... And the fact that uh, one of the guys that he goes with 
goes in and does this spiel he does a couple times in this movie about trying to pick when he's trying to pick a woman up and he goes to a table and it's not what you're expecting yeah that's that's really the big first hit of it being like problematic <laughs> is that it was a a, a a trans person that's at the table or well i'm not sure if this this is representing um the person at the table is trans or a, a drag queen or i don't know yeah something. specifically but basically it this movie didn't care either like no, like it no it did just it was a, that, it was a uh, she that that individual was a joke device yes and that was it yep and uh, there was a lot of uh like trans and homophobia stuff in this movie just light hits not not like part of the plot necessarily yeah yeah and, but, and, a, and a little bit of uh, a little confederacy in there as well yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> all right the soldier yeah 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 um so they're light hits, but still, it's just, you know, when a movie's old enough, those things just jump out at you so hard. Yes, yes. And you and realize just how much that is not part of the thing anymore. No, no, you really cannot make those jokes anymore. No. Some because just the humor is just not there. You can make fun of certain things. You just have to kind of do it the right way. And this was not the right way. No, by no stretch of the imagination. It's, yeah, just using as a joke device. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. Cleavon Little's character what it plays a homosexual in this movie and is done well. Yeah, and I didn't have there, any... He's never the butt of the joke. No, I never had any problem with his character. He, uh, one of the better lines is like, he's hiding in the closet while uh, Mark Kendall, the main character, uh, is in the house and the Countess asks him to come out of the closet and he's like, <laughs> doll, I came out of the closet <laughs> hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah, Great line. Yeah. Great yeah. line. And... So that that was played very well. I think I think he did a great job. But yeah, the the other aspects though, there's yeah, Ooh, yeah. But then it yeah. comes into the part of the plot that becomes kind of problematic. That I want to kind of discuss how we would maybe switch this around a little bit. Is that he ends up getting seduced by the countess? Uh, she then bites his inner thigh because I guess they discuss it later that that close to his maleness or something. Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, of course. It's, that's what keeps her young is the like uh -huh. the raw like sexual, sexual energy, energy yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this this plot device, whatever. Yeah, it, I don't know what they're trying. It, they were trying to make it sexy, I guess, and it was just comes off as weird now. But well, I mean, you know, it's a beautiful female. Somebody writer when hey, can we bite her in the neck? No, let's do it in his crotch, right? <laughs> so yeah. Like the next day or so, he's at school and he's telling his friends that he lost track of at the at the bar mm -hmm. about his uh, interaction that he doesn't really remember. He he thinks he made it with her, but he doesn't know. Yeah. His girlfriend overhears, and then at that point, you think that they're going to break up. They're you know that she's done with him. All that one but, night of bad decisions led to like years of a relationship falling down by the wayside. Yeah. They did break up, but they got back together the next day, and yeah, it's just like, hey, we're teenagers. I'm supposed to make bad decisions, and you're supposed to get emotional about it. Well, but the problem mm. that they ran into is that at one point, as they were getting back together, the conversation led to Robin, the girlfriend, stating, I can't help but think due to the timing that this is my fault because I won't put out. And so this is on me that you went and yeah. fucked a stranger in the city because I don't Ooh, <laughs> put out. Yeah. 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 Um, it's like, Ooh, no, 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 no. That's ooh, not, that's not a great no. uh, thing to kind of put out into the world. Yeah, yeah. That might have been the mindset, but that's really not what you want to put. Uh, no. Literally, sorry, no. pardon the pun, to put out there. Right. Um, 
I actually for and I'm going to kind of get into my plot a little bit here on how I'm going to switch it around is that uh, for my real take, because for those unfamiliar with how this works, uh, Bruce and I are both going to come up with a take that we think would actually work. And then what we call a remix take, which is just a batshit insane, weird outside yeah, the box yeah. kind of just a different approach to it. Uh, for my real take, I think the trick with this is to kind of uh, flip the nature of those relationships uh, at a 180 where you've got Mark Kendall as the one that's wanting to wait, whether he's uh. like, he's maybe religious or it, and nowadays you'd kind of have to lean towards religion because also I'm aging these kids into college. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's like the, he's still a dork in college, but you can throw jokes to he's a real big dork in high school. And so he thinks he's so much better than that now, but he's really not kind of attitude okay. and this is his first like serious girlfriend and he's like just nervous about it and he's not going into the city to get laid he's just going into the city with his friends because he got in a big fight with his girlfriend and it was a re reason for them to get out you know okay i understand that that's 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 very plausible that would probably work nowadays now yeah yeah and then conversation with the with the girlfriend would be about him not knowing what was happening and her not being sure if he's like lying to her. And then he went out and got laid. You know, I, I wanted to have sex with you, but you won't have sex with me, but you have sex with a stranger kind of conversation. Yeah. Or if he really doesn't, or if he was taken advantage of and her feeling weird about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm glad you kept the same genders in the, the countess being female and the, the virgin being male because switching that I thought about it for a half second. I went, ooh, no. That, One, comes mm -hmm. off creepy. Two, it was already done. It's called Twilight. Um, right. It, it's just not a – it would not fly. And, you know, there's some things that I'm going to kind of be playing on a little bit in uh, one of my versions that really talks about kind of the nature of this movie. And if you do things just a slightly different way, it changes the tone incredibly. Like, this could not mm -hmm. be a comedy if the Countess was the Count. No, no, no. It, it would um, come off really, really badly. Yeah, I think Bram Stoker's Dracula with uh, Gary Oldman was kind of like that. Had a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. And so, especially with this being like a sex comedy, and I still wanted that nature of it, because that's kind of the whole point of this movie. Yeah, if you it's take, supposed to be fun. Yeah, exactly. So you had to kind of keep it that way. But I think if you make the uh, Mark Kendall character a little bit more innocent. So you're rooting for him, him going out intentionally trying to cheat on his girlfriend. Doesn't make me really rooting for the dude. Yeah. You know? I, un I understand that. So but he wasn't really, he was, he was more being dragged along by his two friends. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not innocent no. in this whatsoever. So and he wasn't taken advantage of. He was kind of willingly going along. Yeah, it was like begrudgingly, but also like, yeah, okay, we'll do this. All right, you know, <laughs> my dick's talking. Right. <laughs> I have to listen. <laughs> so that way I think just having him as like the one that's kind of waiting, you, you put it in this position where he's kind of being really preyed upon by this countess. You know, she is the, yes. the, a, a hunter. She's like, she's even said in the movie that I come here when I'm on the hunt. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah. you create that dynamic that he is almost even more uh, of a desired person for her because he is so innocent because he he himself doesn't want to lose yeah, his virginity he's pure. yet. Yeah. yeah, that would be pure and innocent, and she's a cougar, right? That basically, that started cougars right there. Well, and that's kind of really what I wanted the attitude to be is the cougaring kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. so. 
Um, what are you looking to change with your your tone to, for everything? Are, are you kind of keeping it with maybe some modern <laughs> modern touches? Or <laughs> I have the the which version do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the 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 goofy version, or do you want to hear the more serious version? Let's let's both go through the serious versions first, and then okay. uh, and then we can knock out the remixes. Okay, I hadn't really fleshed out the pilot, uh, the plot for either one of them, but the first version, the more serious version, mm-hmm. is going to be more of a Jordan Peele joint. Okay, so like social commentary, yes. like very funny still, but social commentary, a little, yeah. a lot, well, a lot darker than the uh, yeah, a lot darker. Yeah, um, not quite, um, you know, Get Out or Us, but definitely darker than you know a K and P sketch. Well, so. I, th- I think that's actually nice because, you know, he's been brought up a couple times on different episodes of the show, as, you know, some of the bigger directors tend to. And yeah. I kind of like the idea of that giving him a break from the really yeah. super heady, heavy, like social commentary stuff. Yeah. And there's but it's aspects still gonna of be social commentary sure. in it. Of oh, course, it's, but it's just him, so. way more on the comedy side of things. Let him actually just be able to like breathe and have fun with like improvisation yeah. and you know just yeah. like, fun whimsical comedy with some social commentary as opposed to these really heavy artistic uh, yeah films that he's been doing. So, oh yeah, yeah. But um, I would want to see the that there is something more special about the Mark character than the, just the fact that he hasn't put out yet or he hasn't gotten laid yet. Um, something a little bit more linear uh, about his blood. Okay. You know, something more special about him than just the fact that, okay, he's a, a young kid who hasn't gotten laid. Sure. So just like the bloodline. Yeah. Or something a little along more those the lines. bloodline okay. type thing. I'm, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And that takes a lot of the pressure off of the plot being specifically like the only way that he can get saved is to be fucked. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a, <laughs> Which spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. He's 35 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. He ha- that's how they save him. He happens to get laid in a, in a casket. And then of course the, the like the premature joke in it where there's no way you could have done it. You were all, you were in there less than a minute. A minute. <laughs> okay. But you didn't have, fun <laughs> yeah that that was a big carry away it's like okay yeah maybe you did but you didn't have as much fun as you could have yeah all right yeah. i sure mm-hmm. so okay so jordan peele social commentary still fun well written like quick but uh but just a little bit darker yeah definitely a little bit darker but still you know the the jokes are there okay now um so who do you have for your casting for peel let's just dig in uh, if you want to go right. down your casting list yeah let's do that Let's see. For the Countess, I have Beverly Johnson. Now, Beverly Johnson was the first African-American woman to be ever on the uh, cover of Vogue magazine. She is a supermodel. She is still gorgeous to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, she has done some acting roles in the past. I couldn't spit anything out right now. Just, you know. Sure. But, um, yeah, she, I think, has the seductive uh, qualities and characteristics that the countess needs to have. Okay. Okay. Um, for the Mark Kendall character, um, I've got Skylin Brooks. Now he was in the darkest minds and empire, a uh, young Af- African-American um, actor, oh. kind of an up and coming actor. Yeah. I think actually I might've cast him in something before. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Robin Pierce character. Um, I've got Madison Pettis. Uh, she was recently in the American Pie Presents Girls Rules. 
Uh, wow. She's also in five points. Gorgeous, beautiful woman. I, I think I missed that American Pie movie. I can't say that I... Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I've missed everything since the second one. Yeah, I th- um... I'm pretty sure that... <laughs> I, I You know what the problem is, is that I've missed a couple before this American Pie movie, and I don't want to get yeah. lost, so I'm going to have to go yeah. and watch <laughs> the other the ones plot. first. The plot's <laughs> so important that I, I don't want to get lost along the way. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> and uh, Sebastian, the uh, the... Valet, I think he's he's a valet more than anything else. Sure. Uh, of course, you got Keenan Michael Key. Oh, sure. I, I think he's he would knock it out of the park. He would bring the comedy into it, and you know he has worked with the director before. So Maybe once or chemistry. twice. Also, he would have so much fun in that role. He would oh, he would God, definitely yeah. be given the room to kind of explore it, do his own thing with it, just kind of play in that space, and he yeah. would come up with some pretty fantastic things. I think. Yeah, and of course, uh, Jordan Peele. Directing, writing, directing. Of course. Producing. Sweet. So is that is that your list of characters? or? Yeah, that's pretty okay. much the list of characters I have for that one. I got all those, and then I did throw on Russ and Jamie as well, the friends, which they're kind of interchangeable. I had a trouble figuring out which one was which. Which one was which. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, this, the original movie kind of felt like it was a vehicle for everybody. Mm-hmm. So they had their times to shine when it wasn't, you know, pivotal to the plot sure. and the, the lead characters didn't have to be in it. So it was kind of nice that they had their own parts. So they got to flesh out their characters a little more. Sure. Yes. But that's was what I was thinking of when I was coming up with my version of it actually was the fact that it is kind of a buddy comedy as well. Yeah. And they, they get their own screen time. There are times where they have a separate plot that they're going through that doesn't involve the main character, like you said. And yes. so you want somebody that's going to be able to kind of hold the attention of the viewer during that time. So yeah. I started thinking about actors that have worked together a lot, that have done a lot of stuff together, um, that were able to play off of each other, improvise together relatively well. Because I still want this to be like kind of a a dumb, like, you know, dude comedy or stoner comedy kind of tone. Yeah. And... I, I at first, of course, the, when you first think that, you start thinking of like you know Seth Rogen and and that crew. But yeah. I actually went a different direction with it, and I think this would actually be kind of pitch perfect. I have to give credit to uh, Amy Bogard from uh, Deeply Upsetting for giving me the character suggestion for Mark Kendall that just grew from there to all of the casting and the directing. It okay. was pitch perfect. Um, I'm going with for the director Kyle Nuichek. Uh, you may know him as the director of the movie Game Over Man, uh, which I believe was a Netflix original, and also did about half of all of the episodes of Workaholics. Okay, okay. So uh, he's very familiar with the dudes from Workaholics, as they were the main characters in Game Over Man and also in Workaholics. He's also done a, a few of the episodes of the series of What We Do in the Shadows. So yeah. he's done the vampire So he's got the vampire. yeah. So I think he's a solid choice. And that means that, of course, Mark Kendall, Adam Devine makes the perfect uh, choice there. Not only that, but if you're talking about like innocent, uh, like religious uh, virgin type of character, he played something close to that in The Righteous Gemstones. If you uh, have ever had seen that one, it is one of my favorite recent comedies in the past, probably like five or 10 years. Wow, okay. It's on, uh, I think it's HBO. It's got John Goodman, Adam Devine. The cast list is incredible, mm-hmm. and it's so funny. It is it's so funny. And uh, Adam Devine plays, like, the younger brother of this, like, megachurch family. Yeah. And he's, like, the, the like, 
the cool god guy, you know, with the like affliction t-shirts, <laughs> the tight fitting affliction t-shirts and the like necklaces and the beanie, but he's like, you know, loving God is cool, guys, and let I wrote a rap about it kind of attitude. It's terrible. Um in the best way. It's brilliant. Yeah. And he is able to really play that that like innocent but still a kind of a douchebag kind of vibe really well. Yeah. And uh, so I thought he'd be perfect for Mark Kendall. And then for the buddies, of course, if you're going to get the the director of Most of Workaholics and Game Over Man and uh, Adam Devine in the driver's seat as the main actor, Russ and Jamie, his two sidekicks, have to be Anders and Blake from Workaholics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anders Holm and uh, Blake Anderson are the actors. And they know each other so well, they'd be able to just basically just the script would be insert stuff here and just let him yeah. go for a bit. Yeah, just let, just riff. Just riff for a bit and yeah. film it. And then in editing, we figure out which one's the funniest and put, pop it in there. Good to yeah. go. So uh, Russ and Jamie are Anders and Blake. Uh, so we got the her- workaholics guys. Then for the Countess, I wanted a goddess, a, a woman of older stature, like in the, you know, around 50 plus range. Yeah. Uh, to play the countess. So you have that kind of cougar vibe to it, but also yeah. a, a woman that ha- has aged like a fine wine. Uh, you could see her just picking up basically anybody that she wants. Like the room stops when she walks in. And yeah. uh, that's got to be in this. Also, having worked with Kyle, the director on Murder Mystery, I went with Jennifer Aniston. You know, I was actually going to pick Jennifer Aniston for my other one, my other version. Okay. But I, I, but I was like, uh, I, I got another actress, but I can see Jennifer Aniston. Oh, totally. In, in the in that version, yeah. Especially you think about her character in Horrible Bosses. Yeah. Where she's like this, like uh, this vampy, you know, just like yeah, s- sexual overload, like cougar type character. Yeah. It which is perfect. That movie always kind of weirded me out a little bit, just because um, you got Jennifer Aniston hitting on you. When did no become a, a word in your lexicon? <laughs> right. It'll be... I'd be like, excuse me, hang on a second, Jennifer Anson wants to fuck me? Um, where, when, how many times? I think even like your significant others, if it's Jennifer Anderson, would probably understand the circumstances and be like, yeah. no, just, how, <laughs> what was it like? You know yeah. I mean? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who? This? All right, all right. Yeah, you get you're, good. That's, you, you're right, good. You're good. All right, yeah. fine. You're fine. fine. So yeah, Jennifer Aniston as the Countess. I think she would have so much fun with it. She was in that. Um, I, I was not a huge fan of it, but uh, Murder Mystery, the movie with uh, Adam Sandler, is a Netflix yeah. original, uh, who which was directed by Kyle uh, Newichek, the director. Then we've got Robin Pierce, the girlfriend, and I want somebody a little bit more, um, with a little bit more comedic uh, gravitas on their own right. You know, yeah. I. I Modern comedies, it's not like the 80s comedies where the girlfriend is just a plot point. Yeah. And it's just kind of there and doesn't do a lot. You she want... wasn't in this way in the movie either. No, not as bad as some. Definitely no. not as bad as some. But she didn't really get a chance to really do anything terribly comedic. Yeah. It... Well, yeah. Yeah, she had a couple of lines, but that was about it. And the dance sequence was, was really funny. Oh, but... God, that was great. That was great. Yeah, and I've, I would love to see some similar version, you know, a, mm-hmm. a modern version of that. But... I, I thought somebody that can like talk shit a little bit can really play off the uh, kind of like uh, issues with self-confidence kind of vibe, which would be the only reason that she hasn't fully like shipped off uh, yeah. Mark after questions about his loyalties. Um, I decided to go with Alison Brie 
as Robin okay. Pierce. Yeah. I think okay. she's cute. She's uh she's she can get loud when she needs to. Uh, she mm-hmm. comes off as a little bit innocent, which would, you know, give you the idea that you could see her with somebody that isn't willing to have sex yet without getting bored necessarily. Maybe getting <laughs> getting a little bit worn out about it. But also, yeah. I want her to be a little bit kind of pushy about it to a degree. Not yeah. not in a, not in a problematic fashion, but just yeah. a little bit. Not, not an abusive sort of way. Yeah. Not a harassment sort of way. Yeah. And I think it would just be funny to see uh, Allison Brie pushing around Adam Devine. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun for me. So, I mean, anybody pushing around Adam Devine would be funny. That is, yeah, agreed very much. Yeah. And then Sebastian, I definitely wanted to uh, to cast. That this was a difficult one for me because I wanted somebody that you know had their own kind of because uh, the actor that played uh, I forget his name that played the uh, Sebastian in the original. Yeah, you know he he's from Blazing Saddles. I mean, yeah, Clavon Little. Yeah, Clavon, yeah. uh, and he's got such a like just a energy about yeah. him that every time he's on the screen, even in in this movie not just blazing saddles he just carries the scene yes and i wanted somebody with that just kind of like room dominating presence um and so i decided to just throw rupaul in there (laughs) and i just i would scenes with you know rupaul just like just building up the confidence and like talking trash and having fun with the countant countess jennifer aniston would be such a delight for me that yep. I, I could not be mad about those scenes. And it's Rue fucking Paul. Nobody's. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, that would be a lovely time. And, uh, yeah, that's my cat, count list, uh, cast list for the real take version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this movie I'm, for the real take. I wanted to really go with what this movie was supposed to be in the original version, which it was supposed to be just a fun comedy. It wasn't trying to have any kind of like deep, uh, like philosophical conversations. It wasn't trying to do anything more than just be kind of just a fun, weird, uh, like vampire comedy. Yeah. So I definitely wanted, you know, people that could bring that to a modern take as well. Bring the funny, know how to make a laugh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie that is kind of of issue, you can just tweak a couple little things and mm-hmm. and you're fine it's still you can still maintain some level of uh the uh the regular plot you know the the core story would translate today some of the uh, the plot points some of the 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 little sticklers here and there yeah they need to be tweaked they need to be removed but um you know uh, the shower scene the the shower scene is a problem <laughs> Yeah, the shower scene would have to go. Um, you know, the Confederate flag would have to go. <laughs> um, you know, just some of those things would have to go. But it's the, the core of the movie itself would be able to be translated. Sure, sure. Now, uh, speaking of translations, I think uh, the version that I did for my remix was improperly translated from the uh, original movie. I did not get a Rosetta Stone for this uh, this version Uh-oh. here. It's Uh-oh. it's a definitely a different take, and I, I decided to just kind of run with it. I had an idea, and this borderline makes it almost a different movie, <laughs> my ideas. Okay. But right. not quite. Um, with you, is it still kind of the same plot, or are you doing something completely wild with it? Um, for the Jordan Peele version, that's almost a different movie. Okay. 
that because it's a little it's going to be more serious it's going to have funny in it but it's going to have the darker tone sure so that's one's going to be more of a uh a reimagining okay the other version i have is more of a remake okay so your fun remix version that's more of just kind of a direct remake yeah okay yeah some changes of course but sure Uh, tonally, are you going for just a straight up comedy or are you going yeah. like a different genre? The second that... one. Okay. Second one's going to be a comedy. Like I said, it's going to be pretty much a reboot uh, or a remake of the first movie. Okay. Um, the second, the, the Jordan Peele version is the one that's going to be eh, tonally very different. Okay. Well, for your remix version, who is, uh, who's your director? Who are you getting to be in charge of this cinematic uh, yeah, event masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Um, the remake uh, I'm going to have is going to be set in the mid 1990s. Uh, I'm aging it just a little bit, so some of the things that happen in the story could still happen. Sure. Um, uh, you know, the going to the bars where you're not just you know on Tinder or wherever right. else. You know, um, uh, it's a college freshman like your version. Um, but the director that I have is going to be uh, Taka Watiti. Love him so much. Yeah, uh, Taika's he, fantastic. He can make Hitler funny. Uh, he's right, going to make this funny. That's yeah. uh, I Taika's so good that I've considered like making him off limits for future episodes. Yeah, I, because... I know, I know. He's one of those directors that like, yep, he can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. He can do it. Exactly. And so he gets picked a lot on the show, not to a point where it's like every episode or anything, but yeah, he is, he is used pretty regularly But because even though he is a comedic director, he can bring real heart to a story as well. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen hunt for the wilder people, there's some genuine heart to that movie. Uh, I mean, there's heart to all the stuff that he does, but that, I mean, he can bring the drama as well when need be. Yeah. So. Um, but like I said, mine is a more of a remake of the original. Uh, for the Countess, I have Charlize Theron. Yes, queen. Oh, Absolute yeah. queen. Yes, somebody who can carry a scene on pure sexuality, uh, pure sensuality, and can still bring the funny because she has been a comedic actress in the past. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking of a million ways to die in the old west. Or, no, that uh, she was not the problem of that movie, but no. that movie sucks. <laughs> oh, where she is the um, the politician, yes. and he's the uh, he's the um, the scriptwriter. Yes, that's yeah. That movie had no right to be as funny as it was. I really enjoyed that movie, <laughs> but you know, I th- she's fantastic, and she also played an immortal in uh, in a Netflix original movie that just dropped on. Uh, a couple yeah. months ago as well. Yeah, I'm I know what you're talking about. So as far as playing somebody that has seen more than any human should, you know, yes. she's got that down yeah. too. Yeah. Um, for the uh, Mark Kendall character, uh, again, I'm going with younger actors here. I'm going with uh, Ezra Miller. Okay. Is uh, The Flash. and From uh, see... Perks of Being a Wallflower as well. Yes. was fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. He can play, He, of course, he could do a comedic role. Um and he can be that little off, goofy type of character. So, so the 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 Mark character, you know, he's a little goofy. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, he could be a little bit of goofy, and you can believe this guy is actually a virgin. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of need somebody to play goofy at least for the first half of the film because before 
the vampirism starts taking hold. Yes. And the whole joke is that he like he bought black pants and that's like, ooh, he's wearing black pants now. There's yeah. nothing about his look that says anything vampire. It looks like like just a kid in school. Like it does it's not overly gothy for some reason, but Yeah yeah. I mean But you want you want something that's goofy to start with and then the, that goofiness kind of gets stripped away as they become more vampire. Yeah. But again, mind you, the original was set in so white California. Yeah. Um, somebody wearing black pants might have been considered goth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you see how much neon was in that fucking movie? Oh, so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Pastel and neon. Holy shit. Because um, it was the 80s and that was everything. Yeah, this is Southern California suburbs. So. Yeah. Um, you've got the uh, Robin Pierce character. Um, I wanted somebody with a little more bite. Pardon the pun. Um, oh, I want somebody who could play a little bit deeper of a character. So I went with uh, Chloe Mortiz from you know Hit Girl uh, from Oh uh, Moretz. Or, or, Moretz. No, may, you might be Did right. I'm not. It, more, yeah, Moretz. I don't know. Yeah, I'm Moretz Mortiz. Whatever. Uh, Mortiz. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chloe. Yes. <laughs> from uh, like, she's, we know her. She's played um, a vampire before. She was in uh, the remake of Let the Right One In. Let Me In. She played a vampire as well, so yeah. And she's she's got depth. She's a great actress. Oh, absolutely! If you have not had the chance to check her out uh, in a film, I believe it's on Netflix called Brain on Fire. It's a uh, it, it's a it's a true story about this journalist who started exhibiting really weird symptoms. And at first, they thought it was like psychosomatic, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And she was like basically losing her mind and like slowly dying and they couldn't figure out what it was. And it's just the story of the doctors and her family, like dealing with the, her slowly, like kind of like losing it, losing yeah. it and Ugh. having to go into the hospital and uh, trying to figure out what it is. And it's a pretty powerful movie. And she's the main character in it and does a fantastic job. Um, for my Sebastian character, I, I started this version with this actor and it, honestly, it is the only actor that could possibly play this role, and it's RuPaul. <laughs> right? Okay. So yes, we both understand why that yeah. was a good choice. Yeah, because I, I was like, I don't want to give it away, but yeah, I picked RuPaul as well. Yeah. And uh, RuPaul was my first choice in this in this cast. Um, RuPaul could eat up scenery. Oh, sure. Like no one's business, and uh, bouncing off of Charlize. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, it, oh, it'd be, it'd be magical. That there's a couple of castings that were a little bit more challenging, but the uh, RuPaul as Sebastian was not a hard choice oh, yeah. to make at all. Yeah, it's 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 right there in the wheelhouse. <laughs> nice. All right, so that's your your remix version. That's you got a, remix a Taika Waititi joint with yeah. um, some Shalice Theron thrown in for good measure because fuck, how could that ever be a bad choice? Oh, Holy it's never a bad choice. Now, uh, for me, I decided to go tonally very different on my uh, remix version. And I started thinking about the actual, like the, the bare bones of the plot where there's a dude that's not getting satisfaction from his girlfriend and then finds and goes out and tr tries to find some, you know, some strange to keep him preoccupied. And then I started thinking about kind of the, the themes that were underutilized in the original movie where you've got uh, him, him being kind of predatorial towards his girlfriend. And then in turn, a vampire being predatorial towards him. And, I thought maybe that would be more fun to play with that idea of like the, the hunter becomes the hunted kind of attitude. 
Okay. And then I started okay. thinking about, you know, what genre would that fit well in? And I started thinking about like the late eighties, early nineties erotic thrillers. Nine and a half week type thing. Nine and a half weeks, basic instinct, instinct fatal attraction, yeah. Yeah. jade, uh, you know, like the sliver. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and uh, man that it was really kind of like the, the proto erotic thriller uh, person was Brian De Palma, who I have as my director Okay. Uh, he, he did not only like Carrie and Scarface, um, but also he did Femme Fatale, Body Double, and Dressed to Kill. I mean, he, in 1980, he was making erotic thrillers. Yeah. So yeah. he's well ahead of the curve with that. So if you're going to do one, why does not why is, not just get the guy? Yeah, get the guy. So Bri- Brian De Palma is my director in a like dirty, grizzled, like erotic thriller version of <laughs> Once Bitten. <laughs> <laughs> so for for this you want I again I wanted like an old older actress to portray the countess um and I definitely wanted to uh get somebody that felt familiar in this kind of a film you know that you could see her as like this like vampy cougar uh you know predatorial woman uh yeah. in, in this uh so I decided to go with Michelle Pfeiffer yeah because yeah. she's like 60 mm-hmm. And she still looks very good. Yeah. <laughs> She's still doing very well for herself. And also, I mean, talk about like, I mean, she was in some of those erotic thrillers back in the day. And yeah. she just has that tone about her that's perfect for it. And then for Mark Kendall, uh, I actually aged him up a bit. And I took away the whole like virginity thing a little bit. Yeah. And I, I replaced it with uh, something that's a little bit more, uh, I guess, familiar to be discussed in in, uh, in common conversation and that he's actually a teacher at the school that uh, Robin goes to and they have a secret romance. Oh, okay, yeah. So that that adds him as like, he is no longer the good guy that you're rooting for in the movie because he wasn't really for me in the original either. <laughs> like he was, he was mm-hmm. supposed to be, but I just took that that idea away completely and now he is... A, a predator himself. He is preying on these young, um, like innocent girls that don't know any better that, you know, and he's like this, uh, authority figure that's taking advantage of his position. Gotcha. And gotcha. so for that character, I thought in, in this tone, I just saw Patrick Wilson just killing it in that role. Uh, if, if you're unfamiliar, he was in the, uh, the conjuring movies. He was in, uh, sounds familiar. Like sounds I think familiar. sinister as well. I think he was in sinister. Is is one of the other horror movies, but he's got a very, um, very strong features. Uh, he he was in one episode of Girls. I don't know. He's been in a million things, <laughs> but he I could definitely. Oh, uh, he was in. Uh, I believe he was the guy in Hard Candy, if I remember, with Ellen Page, where he's a predator. <laughs> Maybe that's okay. subconscious of what I was thinking of. Um, but he's an incredible actor, and. I think he would be a perfect choice to be. Yeah, he was uh, the the bad guy in Hard Candy, so he's kind of reprising that role a little bit, I guess, in this so, version. So he's still playing a bad guy. Yeah, he just happens to be the lead bad guy. The lead guy. bad guy in this one. Yeah. So, and then so you've got Michelle Pfeiffer kind of being the hunter of of the predator of predators, you know. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the vampire in this version almost ends up becoming the hero. You know, you're rooting more yeah. for the vampire than you are the 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 main character to some degree. And then you've got Robin, who's like an innocent. And I wanted somebody that was young, 
that it felt kind of uncomfortable, their scenes together, but somebody old enough that it wasn't problematic in the filming of. Yeah. You know? I don't want a 14-year-old no, in this no, world. Like, no. This is a legal adult. Like I think she's yeah. like 22 now, I think, uh, but does look young and can definitely play like the, the innocent type character a little bit, a little geeky, a little, little awkward. I went with uh, Ariel Winter. And if you're unfamiliar with the name, she is the uh, the studious daughter in uh, Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. And great actress I mean, in her yes. own right. I think she'd be able to kill it in this role. But definitely, as far as the age difference between her and Patrick Wilson is pretty significant. Yes. And it would yes, it feel is. very unnatural. And uh, so I thought that would be just really put a little bow on this like a, a discomfort in, in this like <laughs> erotic thriller. Yeah. Then we've got the Sebastian character. And I decided because this is like a very sensual film and 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 uh a lot of these situations are gonna kind of be blurring the lines of like sexuality versus like predatorial natures, and I wanted some like uh gender fluidity as well. Uh and I decided to kind of just throw in where everything becomes kind of blurry when it comes to like the vampire lifestyle. Yeah. Everything just becomes kind of like open market um, that that sex and and uh, violence kind of go hand in hand. And so does like, you know, like gender and sexuality. And it's all this fluid thing. Yeah. And uh, Janelle Monet has been very open and outright about that, about uh, about themselves and just about like the world uh, being very, mm -hmm. very pro uh, non-gender binary conversations. And I wanted and also an incredible um actor in their own right and i just think would throw some really um interesting um choices uh, on the sebastian character i think so i like the fact that you went uh, with a little bit of a gender swap there yep. um i think that would work rather well since it is more of a dark dark tone sure yeah and then you can almost make it where there's this like you know it's discussed not in any kind of myth mythological means, but that Sebastian's been around for hundreds of years. Ne Sebastian was never revealed to be a vampire themselves. Yeah, no, yeah. So I think it's just like the the you know the underling of the vampire. They're they're uh, and it so, was never discussed what Sebastian really was. Sure, I mean hundreds of years old, but still not a vampire because he Sebastian character was not acting like all the other vampires wasn't popping out the teeth wasn't doing yep. the, the, the whole <laughs> bullshit um yeah so I, I it was kind of just assumed that it was just the vampires familiar but yeah. i figured just keeping it a little bit more ambiguous is that this is just another creature entirely you know yes and yeah and then also it being kind of more of a mutual relationship between uh sebastian and the countess where it's like that there is a relationship that borders and maybe even like goes into it being a romantic kind of relationship as well, because again, Possible. all, all the lines are blurred. So it, yeah. it just everything kind of is, has a little bit more nuance to it than normal day to day life. And, gotcha. and then we've got Russ and Jamie who I just wanted to have like as the other pr professors or, or friends of, uh, of yeah, Mark co-teachers or whatever. Yeah. That are also kind of like douchier than Mark comes off. Yeah. But, uh, definitely also very problematic. So you, there you go. You got cannon fodder right there with the main cast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People that can be taken out real easy in this, uh, in this sexy thriller. Uh, so for Russ, I went with Josh Hartnett. 
Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I just thought it would be interesting to see him as like a uh, slightly younger than Mark professor that kind of looks up to him a little bit, but is also kind of like involved with students because he's kind of doing the same a, thing, a little bit of the same thing too. About it. Yeah. And so like Mark doing it kind of gives him an excuse. Like it's okay. Cause he's doing it too, you know? Yeah. And then you got Jamie, uh, the other friend. And I wanted that to be just like an old time friend that Mark came up with. That is just a dumbass. Um, not a teacher at all. Just, just like an old friend that hangs out yeah. and is friends with uh, Russ as well through uh, Mark. But he's just this big, loud, braggadocio guy. He's the one that's going to be using the lines of like, we're both mature. <laughs> yeah. Terrible fucking line. And he's hitting on anybody that in, in the place. He's just yeah. a lot. Uh, I thought Jerry O'Connell would have a lot of fun in that role. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. What the mo- what was the movie where he was doing? Uh, they were all in Vegas or some shit like that. Yeah, uh, well, just, there was Wildcats where he was yeah, like, yeah, that's the one I'm okay. thinking about. Yeah, Wildcat. Yeah, he he could play that role. Oh, definitely easily. <laughs> yeah, he. From all accounts, I've heard that he's actually a pretty decent dude, but yeah. uh, he can play slimy pretty well. Yeah, like yeah. he played the slimy like girls gone wild type guy in the Piranha 3D movies. <laughs> And did a great job. He was great as that guy, as that douchey, douchey guy. So um, I think that would be super fun. And then, yeah, then it's just a sexy murder thriller where yeah. where the uh, where the lady vampires are, like, actually the heroes at the end of it, even though it's not framed that way at the beginning. Yeah, kind of an anti-hero almost. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it would be interesting that there's, like, a twist at the end that actually uh, Ariel gets basically saved by the Countess by the Countess murdering Mark, and then Robin kind of gets brought into their fold. Okay. Then she gets turned. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, it's suggested that that's probably where it's going. Maybe not yeah. Maybe not turned on screen, but it's like the, you know, come with the, me the kind of moment. eyes pop or something. Yeah, like that, something you know? like that, yeah. So, and so yeah, I, th- I think that would be a nice turn towards, uh, you know, an homage to the old, like, 80s and 90s erotic thrillers, but with I, kind of I, a I, modern uh, feminist take to it as well. I like it. Yeah. So those are our four versions of this movie. Um, did not get a chance to ask our uh, listeners about what would be mashed up well with this. Mm-hmm. But I did think of one myself that would be pretty interesting. And this actually comes from reading up on Once Bitten and that uh, the role was not originally offered to um, Jim Carrey. Initially, the screenwriters wanted somebody else entirely to play that. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I don't see him in the role. And yeah, and the thing is, is that he he didn't really want to do like a like a vampire type movie. Yeah, he already did Teen Wolf. Well, no, I, he I think did Teen Wolf later. <laughs> he, oh, really? Yes. I think okay. it was, I think yeah. it was like a year later, uh, yeah. a year or two later. So he passed on this because he didn't want to do like a vampire movie. Then went off and did a werewolf movie. But I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what where uh, what Teen Wolf and Once Bitten would look like together. Oh Jesus! Is it being in the same high school? Oh God! <laughs> he's <laughs> just like, basically got Monster High just waiting to happen. Exa- well, then I was thinking, like, why hasn't? It, I mean, there's like, there was the teen coming of age version of the Universal Monsters Dark Universe with uh, uh, with Monster Squad, but oh, but they've never done like an actual like teen version of the Universal Monsters where like the they're the monsters themselves. So you got like Dracula with Once Bitten, you've got 
Teen Wolf. Uh, this is the uh, Wolf Man. You could do. Um, I don't know. Frankenstein's monster is the jock. Right? Yeah. There's a jock <laughs> that. Like, I don't. Swim fan as the creature. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Or or you or that's you pull in the faculty. There we go. And then it's yeah. like an alien creature that's like amphibious that is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, oh, geez. And you got like a 1990s like thriller uh, Universal Monsters like backlisting. And there you go. And that ties into our last episode that we did of this show, too. So it's perfect. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I can just see, you know, th- the stories of Teen Wolf and Once Bitten happening at the same exact times. And just the moments in the, each each movies where there's a scene happening in one movie that's also happening in another, at, but the just, background of one scene, yeah, ex- as they're just passing, and it's, so it's just the weirdest like movies happening at the same time. Kind of, it, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So if you're gonna do Once Bitten as a remake, you should also remake Teen Wolf, and not as a like shirtless CW show type, or was oh, MTV God, show? No, 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 no God, no. <laughs> uh. Or or don't do Teen Wolf too. I don't care. Jason Bateman does not need another job. That's nope. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, just make Jason Bateman a teacher or something. It's fine. Yeah. Just as a, like a little nod to it. He, well, he's the, you he, always throw in. Um, you can always throw in Jim Carrey as like the bookseller, because that'd be the perfect role for him. Oh yeah. Just a little cameo. Throw him in. What the whatever. <laughs> and then in Teen Wolf, you get uh, Jason Bateman to play the the coach, the boxing coach. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Good to go. All right. So enough of that stupidity. Now to the ultimate stupidity of the episode. Yeah. New stupidity. Yes. New stupidity. <laughs> my favorite kind of stupidity. Uh, that is where we decide on a version for ourselves and then we uh, do our own trailers for it. So uh, let me get the music together for that. From the creator of Get Out. Presents Once Bitten. Mark Kendall has special blood. (laughs) (laughs) Countess wants it. Robin is going to protect him. Jordan Peele presents <laughs> Once Bitten. I got nothing else. <laughs> no, that works. I like you started and ended your trailer with Jordan Peele presents. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, he's going to be the money on this one. True, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> no, it's all those, like, all those droves of people that are going to be pouring in for a once bitten remake. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, really. That's, really that's what we had to say. It's Jordan Peele. Oh, Jordan Peele's the yeah, then, yeah, shit. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I plot. Fuck a plot. I'm fucking, yeah, fucking, he'll he'll figure it out. That's a, that's what <laughs> teaser trailers are for. Is when yeah. you can't think of a plot on the fly. Um, <laughs> Let's do the teaser trailer and then write the script. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Transformers did it. I think that's every Michael Bay movie. That's how they do it. (laughs) All right. I'm going to do my uh, Brian De Palma uh, erotic thriller here. So. All right. Here we go. 
From the master of the erotic thriller, Brian De Palma is a new vision in sexy murder. The Countess is an immortal vampire on the prowl that's going to teach Mark Kendall that sometimes the predator becomes the prey. Mark Kendall is a teacher that takes advantage of his position to lure young women into his web of lies and deceit. When Mark Kendall, played by Patrick Wilson, lures in Ariel Winter. Robin Pierce, played by Ariel Winter. The screen steams up, and only one vampire woman can I'm turning into superhero. Uh, one vampire woman can save the innocent from becoming the prey of her prey. This this fall comes of incredibly convoluted remake of a Jim Carrey classic. Join us for Bitten. Yeah. I figured Bitten was a better choice for the erotic thriller version of this than Once Bitten. So, yeah. 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 So, okay. So uh, I think what we came to the conclusion on is that Sebastian needs to be played by RuPaul. Like yes. that's yeah. That's, a, that's just a hands down agreement there. Yeah. And uh that's it. That's all we've come to on this one, I think. <laughs> uh don't do the gay jokes and yeah. uh, RuPaul. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think we uh definitely figured this one out. So <laughs> you're welcome, Hollywood. Uh just let us know. We just want credit. That's all that's at all the end of want. it. The end of the credits just like thanks to Smack My Pitch Up. Yeah, exactly. That's and, all we need. Yeah, that's that's all we need. Uh, so because God knows we'll do this in lieu of pay. I mean, we would like to be paid if you want <laughs> like to. to be yeah, paid. if you want to give us money, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Jordan Peele. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just jumping Brian on your Palmer. train now. <laughs> like, yeah, I came up with it too. No, uh, that was not me. Yep. So thank you so much, listeners, for uh, sticking around for this episode of Smack My Pitch Up. We'll find you here next week for another episode. Make sure to rate, review, uh, subscribe, all the things you do with your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And let us know what you think about this episode. If you have some casting choices that you would want to do, if uh, you think our choices were amazing or terrible, we'd love to hear from you. Just find, find all the social media stuff. And probably a terrible one. Yeah, probably terrible. Probably. Probably. And uh, <laughs> links to the previous episodes of the show at uh, GYPodcast.com. And uh, make sure to check out the other shows on the GY network as well, uh, including GY Precap with the Bruce, available hey! uh, on, at the beginning of every week. Um, tells you kind of stuff coming out, uh, both on TV, Blu-ray releases, game releases, and uh, some insights into the geek world. Yeah, just a hint. Next week, a lot of game releases. Oh, nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm looking forward to that. It is getting into the winter time, which means a lot more video gaming. So, thanks again, listeners. And uh, you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com. My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. 
Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here. That's right, the Geek Father asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.